Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the peripheral. I just got back from CrimeCon. That was quite an experience. It was a tornado of awesome. Aaron and I got to do a presentation for a live audience. We have never done that before. It was nerve-wracking and exhilarating at the same time. I remember sitting down on the stage, turning to Aaron and just saying, how you doing tonight, Aaron? And the crowd went wild. At one point, Aaron and I were taking a selfie with True Crime Garage. Nancy Grace was walking by and the captain said, let's get Nancy in the photo. And she turned around and said, all right. And she jumped into the photo. We're all towering over her because she's five foot nothing wearing her capris and her cowboy boots and after the photo I said hey thanks and she jabbed me in the ribs with her finger (laughs) said gotcha and ran off she was unexpectedly genuine and friendly in person it was quite an experience meeting her it made me realize that no matter what people are people at their core and we can have our preconceived notions about them. I know that a lot of my fans traveled from the far corners of the earth to come to CrimeCon. A lot of them said to literally meet Aaron and I, which is just flattering and incredible all at the same time. I hope that when you finally did meet me that I didn't let you down once you realize that I'm just a regular guy, normal person. Uh, Speaking of regular guys, this week I talked to Blue, who was born female and is transitioning to male. Blue wrote to me and asked me if I could do an episode on transgendered people. As usual, I wrote back and said, well, would you like to come on and talk? Because you're the first person that's written to me and asked that. (laughs) And this happens a lot with uh, people that write to me is they want to hear about a certain subject because it's something that they can relate to. I don't know anybody that has that story. So they will end up coming on and telling their story. And that's where it all starts. And I think it's perfect. Blue was an absolute pleasure to speak with. I think we had an excellent conversation I must admit that I was very naive to a lot of the background on someone who is transitioning. I hope I don't come off sounding too ignorant. I know I ask some very obvious questions, but I really was asking because I didn't know the answers. So I hope you enjoy. Also, I'm going to do a quick update at the end of this episode about patreon and other stuff please stay tuned for that here's blue 
My name is Blue. I am a female to male transgender, basically meaning that I was assigned female at birth, and I now identify as a male. Basically, I just wanted to talk about my transition and everything, and uh, my experience with that. How old are you now, and when did you start to figure out that you were not in the right body? Right now, I'm 16. I found the term female to male when I was about 11, and then I kind of just, everything clicked, and I was like, okay, this is who I am. Which seems kind of weird, but basically for my entire life, I identified with being male. When I was in second grade, up until that point, I had no idea of what gender actually was. I just kind of thought that I could be either, and I thought that I was more meant to be a guy. But then in second grade, everyone started kind of just the childish thing where we're all haven't quite hit puberty haven't quite figured out where you are in life yeah just kind of to the point where everyone just starts having the little childish conversations about like who likes who you know just second grade crushes about as professional as you can get with uh that i just i'm very confused because i just thought i was a boy and then all of a sudden my mom is wanting me to wear dresses and i'm not having it And I just want to run around in my underwear and just be a boy. And my parents didn't really understand that. But I think one of the first times that my mom kind of had a really confusing experience was probably when I was maybe three years old. I wanted a pair of Spider-Man underwear because I was obsessed with Spider-Man. And so she went to the store and she bought them. And then she gets them out of the package and she realizes, oh, they're boys' underwear. And she just, like, she thought that they made them for girls, and, you know, it, it wasn't, like, a gendered thing. And I'm, like, sitting here with these underwear, like, yes, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> this is exactly what you wanted. Yeah. You know, there's always the term tomboy that we give to young girls that are more rambunctious or whatever, kind of a misnomer. I think all children can be rambunctious, but w- was your mother thinking of you that way? Oh, yeah. She just thought that I was a tomboy. Like, even after I first sort of came out, it wasn't like uh, she was trying to be mean or anything. She just thought, oh, this is like a phase. He'll get over it or she'll get over it at the time. I just went through uh, elementary school just trying to be me and trying to be happy with who I was, but also not be bullied at school because there were a few incidences where... Other girls would look at me and be like, you look like a boy in a skirt. I went home crying one day because of that. And my mom thought that it was because I didn't want to look like a boy when in fact I wanted to look like a boy and I I thought I was a boy. I just didn't want to be wearing a skirt. Yeah. You're a girl, so therefore you're wearing girls clothing and it's just not fitting correctly you know i'm not saying it's not fitting you like you know size wise i'm saying it's not fitting you because you're not feeling like you're in your right place yeah so what was Uh, how did you first come out i guess or well i think that i was maybe 12 or 13 and we were just in the car and i was talking about how some people are transgender and she was like oh so is that what you want to do and i was like yeah kind of 
And then for just like a really long time, we didn't really talk about it and nothing ever really happened. And I was too scared to go anymore into talking about it because I saw all of these other people who had been kicked out of their houses and um, just had like a really bad experience with it. And my parents aren't like that, but I just have a really hard time with thinking everything is probably going to be fine. But at the same time, there is a chance that it's not going to be fine. I mean, I, I totally get your fear there. I mean, parents yeah. will disown their children for not going to the college they want them to go to or disown them for coming out gay. Telling them, I don't think I'm a female is a ton of bricks. And you don't know how how your family or loved ones are going to respond at all. It was definitely tough. You know, there were things that I just kind of fell into like a depression for a few years where I was just so afraid of being myself. I just didn't have any motivation. I didn't drop out of school, but I started homeschooling and I kind of cut off contact with my most of my friends. I just was unhappy with who I was and I just, I didn't know what to do. Then when I turned 15, I met this person online who uh, is now my partner, and they are a non-binary person, uh, which is also under the trans umbrella. They don't identify as male or female, and they use they, them pronouns instead of typical binary he, him, or she, her pronouns, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard them before. And then, like, I kind of just, I didn't tell my parents about that because, again, I was scared because they would think that I was gay if I was dating, you know, someone who was non-binary. And my parents have always kind of had strict rules about talking to strangers on the internet, you know, dating, all of that stuff. I hid that for about four months. One day at lunch, I was with my mom and my mom was just, like, talking about a whole bunch of things about how I shouldn't get in a relationship or try to do anything too serious until I'm in college. And I just kind of broke down and I was like, okay, mom, I have something to tell you. And I basically just, like, spilled everything and I was like, okay, so I'm dating someone and I'm also a boy and I go by the name Blue. And then she was like, okay. She and my dad just kind of slowly started accepting me. More and more, and, you know, they kind of realize this is something that we can't ignore. Yeah, it sounds like the first time you brought it up, she probably thought this is a phase. She probably didn't know how to respond, didn't know how to react. So she let it kind of go to the wayside. When you bring it up again, along with the double whammy of, I'm also dating somebody. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I guess that's when she and your father had to take it a lot more seriously and figure it out and understand what position they need to take and how they need to treat you and and respond to that. It sounds like they did a pretty good job. Yeah, it was definitely hard at first because my parents didn't know a lot about what being transgender was, as a lot of people don't because it's kind of just a new thing now starting to become more and more known about. My parents started doing more research mostly my mom. And my dad kind of was a little bit slower on getting around to accepting, or not really accepting, because he, like, he's a great dad and he loves me and everything, but it's just kind of hard to understand when your child just all of a sudden is no longer, you know, as you saw them before. 
if I am around anyone that's transgendered, I don't know that they're transgendered. I really haven't been exposed to that in my lifetime. And your dad, I'm sure, is an older generation. You got to be patient, as patient with him as he is with you. And, and that's where yeah. the understanding comes in. My parents saw it as a, a fetish when people get surgery to change who they are. And we have like mostly trans women who are just so fetishized. It's all over when a guy is thinking about like when he gets married and he's thinking about this oh moment, like the one moment that could ruin his relationship. And his bride is sitting there next to him and she's like, I have something to tell you, I'm a dude. <laughs> like if that's your own moment and that's what's going to end the relationship and you've already been in the relationship for a long time then like you probably had a little bit of knowledge about that before I, I would hope so uh, to me if you are in love with somebody and you've been in love with that person I don't know what deep dark secret they could really tell you that would change your feelings about them if you already love somebody then they come out and say oh uh, I'm, I'm a guy or I'm gay or whatever fill in the blank I mean Except for, you know, maybe some kind of serial killer or something. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> hold that. But uh, anything else I would say, well, if you already love somebody, then what what changed? They're the same person. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think that maybe I killed a guy would be a little bit more offsetting than I was born a male. You were talking about it being fetishized. And, and I think that's how a lot of people look at this is they always want to sexualize everything. They always want to yeah. think about, well, who are you having sex with? What's between your legs? And, and they really kind of lose sight of who are you as a person? I dislike people for who they are. And I don't really care about yeah. what, what they do behind closed doors or how they identify. None of that matters to me. It's the person. That's one of the things that I've actually experienced. This started when I was probably about 14 years old and I had just like put out the fact that I was trans only on social media. I've since like kind of stopped doing that as much because I would be like sent messages by people I had never ever spoken to before. They would be like, so you're trans. How do you have sex? Like, how do you have sex? <laughs> I don't get why it's like some big mystery. Yeah. Well, are you pre-op or post-op? Or are you even going to yeah. bother having an operation? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's another question is, have you had the surgery? I will never ask somebody that because I don't care. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless I'm in a relationship with them, well, then I'm going to find out real quick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and the internet can be a pretty nasty place, as I've found oh, yeah. out lately. I don't want to dwell on that. I totally understand why you wouldn't want to put that out there, because you're going to suffer the backlash of the internet. And even people that are well-meaning couldn't ask you impolite questions or come off poorly. And I looked at your Instagram, and I saw when you posted your uh, testosterone shot. I think everyone responded pretty positively to that, but it can go bad real quick. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a lot of experiences where I've had, you know, people physically harming me or like saying anything that's too horrible, um, at least like in real life. Of course, there are always the people online that just want to say horrible things to you just to say horrible things to you. Yeah, like as of surgery and everything, that's something that is important to a lot of trans people. Some trans people, it's not important to them and that's okay. But for me, that is a very important thing. I've been very scared that like when I get top surgery, because I, I would like to do that, 
soon. And top surgery is when you get all of the tissue in your chest removed so, you know, you have a flat chest. When I do that, I'm scared of, you know, posting updates of it online because I'm afraid that it's going to end up somewhere where I don't want it to end up, like on a fetishizing website or just even on someone's computer where, or like on their phone where I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want them to look at me like that. That's something that I can't stand is when people look at us almost like we're subhuman because like that's not we're not different people think that we're different but in reality we're normal people do you want to post those images if you know that they'll show up somewhere you don't want them to i mean is it worth trying to reach other people to gain understanding for the backlash when i do get the surgery i do want to post pictures because it's just very important to me and it's going to make me a lot more confident. I know that someone is probably going to look at it and, you know, have bad intentions on what they're going to do with the picture, whether it be to harass me or just to fetishize my chest. I have a lot of people online who are, you know, very supportive. And if it does happen that I have to post those pictures privately or I have to say, you know, contact me if you want me to send you those pictures and I I trust the individual enough to send pictures to them. You know, if someone does happen to repost them or anything like that and I find out about it, I know that I will have a team of people who are not going to stand up for that and they're going to immediately go report the pictures and try to find every one of them that was badly reposted. And, you know, I have a very good support of friends and everything. So I personally, I think that if it happens, I can handle it. But it just sucks that I have to go to all of that be, you know, seen as just a sex object. It just sucks. I can understand what you're saying because it's most people's response to you would be, well, don't post them. If you don't want the backlash, then don't put it out there. But... This is you. How do people respond to you or act towards you, whether it be before you started to transition or if somebody knows you now as a boy and then you inform them? Do you ever get odd responses or do people ever turn you away? It's happened a few times, but not really, you know, with anyone who I've been super close with, which is good. It hasn't really happened where people have pushed me away for being trans, but there have been a lot of people who have been confused. I have had good experiences. I recently went back to public school part-time after I started homeschooling. I started seeing the people that I used to see in uh, middle school because I dropped out in seventh grade. I should probably put this out there. I'm a queer person. I identify as queer, uh, basically meaning, you know, I don't really have a preference who I'm interested in. And so everyone says, oh, it's the gay when they see me. But there's a difference between sexual preference and sexual identity or gender identity. That's what I wanted to put out there. I'm not gay because like, cause people are like, why do you want to be trans when you could just be gay? And I'm like, because I, I don't just like girls. And, you know, that's not the same thing. But anyways, this guy, he comes up and he's like, hey. And my friend is like, he's gay too. And I'm like, okay, cool. When I get home, I have a message on my computer. She's like, hey, that guy thought you were cute. And I was like, oh, okay. And I looked him up and then I realized, oh, he was like one of my kind of friends in middle school. And I don't think that he is aware that it's... (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that he ended up finding out and like he was cool with it. I thought like, oh, okay. Because like it made me feel good. Like I know that I'm passing as male. 
I'm just convinced all the time that people still see me as a girl, especially with my voice, because, you know, I still have a high voice because testosterone hasn't made my voice deeper yet. Well, and, and plus you're still maturing and growing. Yeah. I mean, you're 16. It takes a little time. I think my voice yeah. was finally getting there around 16, 17. You know, before that, though, I was a squeaky, cracky kid, you know. By the time I came out, I had already gotten my hair cut pretty short. And it took me a long time to get my parents to uh, let me get it short. They let me cut it about shoulder length two months after I asked to get it cut short. And then finally, a few months after that, I was allowed to get it shorter. And it kind of looked like a bull cut for a little while, but I was fine with that because I had short hair. And after that, I started getting recognized as a boy, which was great for me, but my mom still thought that I was her daughter. We'd be at a store and someone would be like, oh, your son is cute or something. And my mom would be like, no, that's my daughter. And, you know, I'd get in the car and she'd be like, you are beautiful. You are a beautiful woman. And I was like, mother, no, no. (laughs) She's trying to correct the situation, yet you're accepting it as a compliment. You know, after that... I was still being recognized as a boy and my mom would just kind of not say anything after I really came out. And then, like, I don't think that we really looked into, you know, getting hormones or therapy or anything like that for a while. But then probably the next big thing that happened was we were going on a trip and, you know, with road trips, you have to stop and use the restroom And so, you know, there's a whole transgender public bathroom issue. I asked my dad, hey, you know, I kind of pass as male now. Can I use the men's bathroom when we go out to Minnesota? He was like, no, just just put on some earrings and, you know, you still look female. I was unhappy for that entire road trip. And, you know, my mom got really mad at my dad for doing that. I think that one of the things that, you know, she said to him was because, you know, he was like, you can just put on some earrings and go into the women's bathroom. And my mom was like, why don't you just put on some earrings and go into the women's bathroom? I think in your dad's defense is he didn't want to deal with the situation of having yeah. uh, you go into the men's bathroom. He just didn't yeah, want to deal. So he that was his pass you off. Like he wasn't trying to be dismissive yeah. or, or shitty or say just be a girl. He, he just yeah. didn't want to deal with that situation. <laughs> and, and He just wanted me to be safe. But, you know, after that, he kind of just was quiet about it. And now, you know, I use the men's bathroom all the time and I haven't had any issues with it. I use the men's bathroom at school. And it's been going perfectly fine. And I, I don't get the whole bathroom dilemma. Yeah. Uh, I, just a little aside of my own. I don't go to Burning Man, but I go to other music festivals where nudists are aplenty and there are no, you know, all the bathrooms are open to anyone. <laughs> and it's just anyone can go anywhere. So I'm, I'm sort of used to that. And the, a, a little secret about me is I have a bathroom phobia I don't like going to the bathroom in public places, so I prefer stalls or private bathrooms where I can just open the door and lock the door and not have to share it with anybody. Technically, I would prefer to use the women's bathroom because it's typically more clean and it's all stalls. <laughs> so, well, that's you know. that's kind of the weird thing is that you know when when you're trans and you're raised you know female for a good portion of the beginning of your life, and then you start going to the men's bathroom. 
I've actually realized that the men's bathroom is cleaner than the women's bathroom in most cases. My mind is blown. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's really weird. I, I really, I don't know how. It might just be that I'm in this place of like, oh, this is the right bathroom. But it just seems like there's not as many people usually in there and there's not as many I don't know there's just like a lot of babies in the women's bathroom where the moms are changing them and everyone is miserable in there because there's a crying baby yeah and there were like a few incidences at school where you know I still have to have my name that I was assigned you know at birth on everything and I still have to have you know my my gender on everything is female but the school has been pretty good about accepting the fact that I'm I'm trans and being nice and letting me actually use the men's bathroom, whereas a lot of kids that I've met have to like go to the nurse's office every single time they have to use the restroom. I had a few incidences at school where the teacher or one of, one of the students would kind of say something that trying to say that I, I, I was a girl, and I was like, no... I'm not. At the beginning of the year, I have great friends, and this was probably, like, my favorite experience of the entire school year because one of the first days that I was back at school after three years of not going to public school, my teacher said she when referring to me, and my friend stood up. It wasn't during a lesson or anything, so it wasn't being disrupted, but just said he, him, he, him, he, him, until the teacher was like, okay, okay, okay. But my friend is, like, so protective of me, and, like, I have a great friend group who will do that. But, you know, they're not in that class anymore, which... So now I just sit there and deal with it because it's in the morning, and I'm too tired and scared of these other kids to actually say anything. I was picked on as a kid for, for skateboarding, of all things. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that you, you've only shared a few things where you've had a few incidences. And I, I hope that that just means that this generation is more accepting or more, you know, whatever it is, more understanding than at least the generation I grew up in. So it sounds like, though, that you're, you're getting through school relatively un, unfazed by other students. So, I mean, does that, it sounds like you're not being bullied like every day by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm, that makes me happy. I kind of just try to stay silent. I have social anxiety and in the morning when I go in, I'm just still half asleep. It's just not somewhere that I, I, I really want to be. So I don't do a lot of like talking and socializing unless it's with my friends if I see them in the hallways. But I have had a few experiences where people have done things that haven't been great. One of the recent ones is one of my old friends who I haven't talked to in a long time. I was going into school and she was walking down the hall and there were probably like about 20 people in the hallway in the area. She just yells my birth name down the whole hall. Like, I don't like hearing that name in the first place. I don't even like thinking about it. You know, I went up to her and I was like, hey, you know, it's it's blue now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I thought that was just going to be, that's it. You know, it wasn't her fault at all that this happened. But a few days later, I was up at a park with my brother and his friends. Her sister comes and walks by and starts yelling my my birth name at me again yelling other stuff i i think that she was yelling something about how i was trans but you know i couldn't really hear her 
I just kind of like really got mad and I sent the girl who had originally yelled my dead name down the hall like a few DMs being like, hey, this is not okay because I don't want other people knowing that name. If I was being called by that name in classrooms and other people knew about that name and knew that I was trans, I would definitely be getting harassed a a lot more because my school does not have a great record of the students being very nice to LGBT students. Kind of just try to remain uh, quiet about the fact that I'm trans unless someone is asking me about it or unless they're someone who knew before. Well, it sounds like they're outing you and they're, they're not, maybe the, the first friend didn't mean it in a bad way, but it sounds like the second one kind of did. And there's no reason to point that out. There's no reason to make fun of you for that. And I don't even understand the joy people get from being malicious to others. I don't get any pleasure out of being mean to somebody. And the few times I have been mean to people in my life, I, I didn't enjoy one bit of it. So I just never get why people get a kick out of putting somebody else down or pointing out their differences. It just doesn't, yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but that's because I was treated that way for being different myself. So <laughs> I, I never appreciated it and I never understood why others would do it. I don't get why people want to make fun of me because I'm trans. There are so many other things that you could make fun of me for. It's just stupid. Kids, kids can yeah. be mean. I'm glad I'm not a parent because I would, I would probably fly off the handle if I heard my kid was being bullied in school and I would go there and punch the other kid in the nose and <laughs> then I would be, you know, the, the adult that beat up a kid and, and it just wouldn't work out for me. I don't care as much as if I'm getting harassed by someone, but my brother comes home and he's saying something about like how someone is mean to him and I'm automatically on the phone with that kid. I'm sure there's some some guy rules that you're figuring out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, we're we're not quite as open and feely as most women are. We're very just to the point and very direct. Yeah. But you seem very direct. I've spoken to other women who are like, oh, guys can just say whatever they want. They can just walk into a room and just spout off some bullshit and get away with it, whereas women can't. It's true. (laughs) It's very true. I've noticed that like my privilege has changed because, you know, there's obviously there's female privilege and male privilege. I walk into a store, I ask how much something is, and then they're like, oh, yeah, sir, that's so-and-so. Like, I've never been called sir before. It seems very weird because, like, I feel, I don't know how to really say it, but, like, it feels like people treat me, this sounds really bad, but, like, they treat me like I'm, not really like I'm more important, but just talking to me more, saying things like sir and like right away sir, where that's like not a thing before. And I'm like, okay. You know, sir sounds very official and respectful, whereas ma'am or madam, eh, maybe that can, yeah. that doesn't have the same weight. The other thing that I've, I've worked on myself is I'm, I try not to refer to women as girls, but it's such a common term where yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, he's dating that girl, even though she's 30. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, so there's things like that, whereas you don't refer to any men as boys. You know, you refer to teens and adolescents as boys, but anyone that's 16 and up is typically referred to as a man. Were there any female privileges that you've lost? I don't really have a big height problem, but like if there's something on a shelf that I can't reach... Instead of like, oh, that girl can't reach something, it's like, oh, this dude is pathetic. 
Yep, that's a perfect uh, example. I'll be like walking in a parking lot and some lady will be like trying to shove a TV in the back of her car and I'll be like, hey, do you want some help? But if it's a guy, it's just I'll walk right on past. (laughs) No sympathy whatsoever. It's like not really when you're a girl because I was never a girl, but like when you are someone who is female identifying, you know, Mm -hmm. and someone sees you and you need help, then they're like, oh, that girl needs help. You see a guy that needs something and you're like, he'll figure it out. And another thing, and just because, you know, I do true crime podcasts, is if a man were to do something to a woman, it's like, oh my God, that's horrible. But if the Bobbit situation where a woman chops off a guy's penis, then it's like, oh, oh yeah. ha ha. When it happens to a man, all of a sudden we disregard it. It's like, no, it's just as bad. Yeah. Videos of ALS ice bucket challenge was popular where a girl got like a bucket dropped on her head. And all of the comments were like, this is abuse, this is abuse. And then there's one where, like, a guy gets the water dumped on his head and then, like, someone comes up and kicks him in the nuts. It's hilarious. And they're like, this is amazing, this is hilarious. Like, look at how he's on the ground crying. There's sexism everywhere. I'm by no means a men's right activist, but every now and then I think men kind of get the short end of the stick a lot of times. I think yeah. we should acknowledge that on occasion. You're taking testosterone. Have yeah. you seen any side effects with that? What kind of changes do you experience? So far, you know, I'm only, I'm doing my fifth shot today. So I'm on a very low dose. I'm doing 20 milligrams every two weeks. So it's a very low dose, but I've already noticed a lot of changes. I've noticed maybe a little bit of voice deepening. I've gotten different answers from different people, mostly because I've been asking too much and people are like, just please be quiet about it. Like your voice will change. Just I'm just so worried about it all the time. I definitely have more facial hair, which is half because I've been using hair regrowth called minoxidil. Really? Yeah, and I put that on my face twice a day. And now I've got like a mustache going on. I've got kind of some sideburns and the hair is like really thin but it's getting darker. I think it's definitely because of the minoxidil and the testosterone. I'm going to go get some minoxidil. I got some receding hairline business going on. (laughs) I'm going to probably have to use minoxidil for my entire life because another effect of testosterone is hair receding. And I've already noticed that my hairline has been thinning, which is going to be very fun. Welcome to my world. Did you listen to the This American Life episode about testosterone? I might have. One of the stories is female transitioning to male. She was a full-on feminist, and then once she started taking testosterone, becoming a male, he became very, really, he got horny pretty much. I mean, I can't think of a better way to say it. And, And he would look at women, he would fantasize about women. Do you now have stronger urges like that? I I haven't, like, started looking at anyone differently or sexualizing anything. And that's, like, kind of a a thing that I've noticed in the FTM community is that a lot of people, you wouldn't think that they are, but they're so misogynistic. I've seen guys being, you know, trans guys can't wear makeup. They're just dykes. And I'm like, just, like, why does it affect you? (laughs) Especially people who have gone through the whole experience of transitioning and, you know, are in this community of people who are typically so supportive of everything they've been through. And, you know, people who are raised and socialized as female, it's hard to see how they can have this mindset. But, like, I guess that after a certain number of years, you know, you just start getting more male privilege. 
most of the time I think it's because of their own dysphoria, their own insecurities. Not every trans guy is the same. We can't all be super big masculine dudes who have huge muscles and everything. Some people like to wear makeup. I'm not one of those people. And, you know, some people still like to wear skirts and dresses. And some people, you know, don't want to go on hormones and still look female. And, you know, if they identify as a male and they want to go by he, him pronouns, great. I'm not one to judge about that because I've had this experience and I know that it can be hard. I want other people to feel as accepted as I do because hating them is just going to make everything worse for the rest of us. It sucks when it's in your own community or culture when people get judgy and catty about it. I'm very accepting of everybody. I don't really care what somebody does on their own time. I don't care what somebody decides in their own life. It does not affect me. I don't want to say that I don't care about them as a person. I just, if it doesn't affect me, I'm all about whatever somebody wants to do. I guess a friend of mine, she had some women come into her shop. She said, hello, ladies, welcome to my shop. And one of them said, we're non-binary. And another one said, you don't know how I identify. That was kind of weird because I'm like, well, you're, you have long hair, you're dressed like women. Well, how else would she assume? That's the thing is I have non-binary friends. I have a non-binary partner and they can pass, you know, they, they dress however they want. And, you know, one of my friends is more feminine dressing. They go by, you know, whatever pronouns that you want to call them. Uh, I usually just use they, them pronouns because it's easier for me. I don't know why. They get called sir, they get called ma'am, and they're fine with it. But there are other people who don't want to be called that. When I used to get misgendered, I would be like, my pronouns are he, him, his. And just like say it, like not be like, my pronouns are he, him, his, get it right. Be like, hey, I'm sorry, but my pronouns are he, him, and his. And they usually are like, okay, sorry about that. And that makes sense. And if you just inform somebody, but to me, if, if I'm going to be talking to you on a regular basis, please correct me, please inform me. But if it's a passing conversation, like if somebody for whatever reason called me her one, one time when I was out on the street, I wouldn't bother. It it just wouldn't matter to me because I would know that I'm not going to be interacting with this person ever again. For some trans people, it's not a big deal. And for some people, you know, I feel like when it happens, because I have people ask, so are you a boy or a girl? I'll be like, well, I'm a boy. I'll be like, you know, a better way to ask that to respect everybody is to say, what are your pronouns? And, you know, I try to be very respectful about it and not be like, you know, you're saying this wrong. Everyone is going to have some mess ups. It's not commonly known terms. If we want to have some progress, then we have to be nice about it and be informative and say, you know, yeah. a correct way to ask it is, what are your pronouns? People would be like, so you're a transgender? And I'll be like, well, the, the correct term is, you know, I am a transgender person. But, you know, people just say like transgenders and non-binaries. I think that saying like non-binary people can just say like he's female to male or she's male to female. It doesn't really bother me all that much when someone says it. And, you know, I usually won't correct them unless they're using it like every single sentence. That's more like correcting grammar. I feel like is kind of annoying in some cases. For me, if it's going on for too long and other people, you know, have much less of a tolerance for it, I'll be like the correct grammar for that is to say a transgender person or a non-binary person or female to male transgender person or female to male person, you know. 
Can I bring something up that is sort of a touchy topic, at least to me? Yeah. <laughs> I've looked up a lot of the terms. I've watched some videos and, and whatnot. I have to say that there's one term out there that I feel is more derogatory than it is informative, and that's cisgendered. To this day, I keep hearing it used in a very derogatory way and not in a definition type way. Well, I use it in a definition type way. It's hard to say that it's not a derogatory term when it's not referring to me. But, you know, people will say, like, why do you have to say cisgendered people? Why can't you just say normal people? Then you're saying that I am not a normal person or that I'm some sort of subhuman or something. Because, you know, you have to have a difference between a transgender person and a cisgender person if you're bringing it up in conversation. I go to a trans group. There are cisgender people in the group and there are transgender people. And it's just easier for us to use that word. I can see how it would be seen as derogatory because it's oftentimes used as derogatory. But at the same time, look at those goddamn transgenders is like used as a derogatory term. If you're in the transgender community, if you're a minority or if you're anything, I would just hope that you already know what it feels like to be spoken to that way. You know that it's not nice. It's hurtful. So why would you want to do that to other people, especially other people that sympathize with you there are a lot of trans people who don't want to have like any cisgendered friends for some reason you know be associated with cisgender people if someone said you know i don't want to be friends with a transgender person you know that would spark an, an outrage we have to like see each other as equals i think that sometimes when it comes to the terms transgender and cisgender It's important that we have those when we're talking about it as, you know, from like maybe a medical viewpoint or we're just discussing it. Those terms are great. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans and, you know, we can't like separate each other because it's from both sides that we're hating each other for no reason just because we have a different idea about gender identity or, you know, we have a different gender identity understanding on both sides is necessary and and patience too. What I was just trying to get across is be patient because the understanding is not quite there yet. I try to be as understanding as I can when like people don't understand it. I can kind of come off as like a little bit aggressive when I do that. I try not to be, but sometimes it's difficult for me because I have a hard time displaying emotion around people and I'm usually very nervous. You know, when it's not someone who I'm close to that I'm talking about it with, I'll usually be like very nervous and just very direct about it, which can come off as like me trying to be aggressive or me, you know, being rude. And as long as you acknowledge that, I mean, you have a whole lifetime ahead of you to gain understanding and and people to gain understanding for you too. I had already kind of socially transitioned and everything, and I was out for quite a while before I started considering, you know, the medical side of transitioning. So that started when I went to the doctor and, you know, I I basically said, you know, I'm transgender. I I was actually going there to do something else, to get uh, medication for something else. But she was like, oh, so what kind of steps do you want to take? And I said, well, you know, I'd I'd love to go on, you know, hormones and try to start surgery preparation, get my information. And, you know, because I I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do at that point. But I was just, you know, I want to have an idea of what I want to do and put a plan in place. 
And so she was like, okay, well, I can recommend you to the Gender Pathway Services, which is run by the Children's Mercy Hospitals. Basically, it's a team of people who specialize in transgender health resources, mostly for youth. It's a team of, you know, psychologists, social workers, endocrinologists. There's a few surgeons and just like everyone who can help you get the medical transition that you need and help you along with that because it's very difficult, especially with finding surgeons who will operate on minors, finding surgeons who are close because there are not any top surgeons where I live, which is in Missouri, but there's one in Chicago. And so that's kind of the one that I'm doing more research on because he's the closest. We checked into the Gender Pathway Services. It took us probably about three months to get an appointment with an endocrinologist. So I went in and the endocrinologist said, you know, what do you want to do? I would maybe like to start the process of hormones. And he said, okay, well, you know, you need to be 16 before we can let you start testosterone. And you have to have your parents' consent and everything. The first thing that I did because my parents were unsure yet if they wanted me to go on testosterone because there are, you know, a lot of bad side effects. You know, I am going to be unable to have biological children because of testosterone, and it increases your risk of cancers. There are irreversible changes with it. Uh, Once my voice goes down, it's staying down, and there's no going back from that. So, you know, they were unsure and they wanted to do some research on it because they were very uninformed about the medical process of transitioning. So the doctor said, well, I'm going to put you on puberty blockers or hormone blockers, which are basically just called Lupron. I get it as a shot in my arm every three months. And what it does is it just stops the natural estrogen from... I now have the uh, testosterone that I inject, so it has a greater effect because now I have lower estrogen, and so it basically makes it so that testosterone can do its work better. For most trans kids, before they turn 16, they are put on the hormone blockers. And this is like a really big misconception They wait until the kid is like 12 or 13. They have to have the parents' consent. You know, my experience with the endocrinologist is he asked me questions about like everything, how I was mentally, you know, really got the reason of of why I wanted to start this. And I also had, um, before that I should mention, I have a therapist. He is not like a specialist in transgender therapy. He had never had a trans patient before, and that just wasn't what he specialized in. But I I asked him, can you give me a gender dysphoria diagnosis? Because that will make it so that, you know, it'll be easier for me to start hormones when I'm ready, because it's important to get a dysphoria diagnosis because it can help a lot. Can you go ahead and define gender dysmorphia? Well, gender dysphoria, it is a mental illness where you feel that you are a different gender than, you know, the sex that you were assigned at birth. And it's a real thing. You're wanting to get this diagnosis because just because you ask for a gender reassignment doesn't mean you get yeah. it, right? Yeah. I, after, after that point, I was really dysphoric. I said, you know, 
is it possible that we could call my endocrinologist and and see if I could start testosterone? And so then my mom was like, yes, we can, because I don't want to deal with the specialty pharmacy anymore. So she did, and the doctor was like, yeah, well, I still want him to be on the Lupron, but I'm going to give you a small dose of testosterone, and then we'll probably up the dose uh, at your next appointment, which my next appointment is in July. So I'm hoping that my dose gets upped a little bit, just so that the effects are a little bit more clear and so they don't have to be on the Lupron anymore because it not only is hard to get, but it's also, like, it has a lot of weird side effects, just really bad hot flashes, like... And you're trying to go to school, and you're trying to focus, you're trying to do all these other things, and you're going through all this. This shows determination. If you're willing to put up with all of this, you you really want to go through with this because it doesn't sound yeah. like an easy path by any stretch of the imagination whether it be through your parents, through your friends, through your schooling, through the the physical discomfort. This is not something that somebody would just decide to do willy-nilly. Yeah, and at the same time, like, I have also, not only with the hot flashes, but the temperature has been getting higher, and I have to wear a chest binder, which binds down my chest, makes my chest look flat. At the same time, while that's great and everything... It is very uncomfortable when you're out in the sun, you know, in in hot weather, because it kind of restricts your breathing a little bit. It basically feels like someone is just like wrapping their arms around your chest and just squeezing just all day. It's squeezing you. And I, I mean, hell, you probably are short on breath and it's hot. I mean, I hear women complain about wearing a bra. (laughs) What you have is like that times 10. I used to buy just really cheap binders off of Amazon and I would like wear two at once or something which is like something that no one is supposed to do ever and I would wear them for like sometimes two days in a row just not take it off you're not supposed to sleep in it not supposed to wear it for more than eight hours and you're supposed to take breaks within those eight hours I didn't do any of that because I was like I want a flat chest I don't care if I can't breathe. And so now I've got like my back and shoulders hurt all the time, but I still have to bind to pass. It sucks to have to go through all of this. And that's another reason why I want top surgery is just so that I can not have to worry about binding anymore, not have to worry about my binder straps showing, not have to worry about like going somewhere and passing out. It it sounds painful. I, I hope that this works out sooner than later for you because, yeah. I mean, I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't want you to bruise a rib or something because of this. Yeah. And what what are all the legalities? I mean, I guess it's you, you can't start until you're 16. You can't start until you're 16. And most people, I didn't have to do this um, because I think that they're not really doing it as much anymore. But some people have to get a letter for it. A gender therapist saying that this person, like an entire letter about how this person has gender dysphoria, and then they were put on a waiting list, and they had to wait for, I think sometimes people had to wait for up to two years, and other people it was just a few months. Still, I kind of have a problem with that, because when someone is ready to start hormones, it's not just something where even, you know, with me, who, you know, I had been sure that I was a, you know, I'm, I'm a guy since a little kid first step was thinking, could I ever live my life as just a cis female? Mm -hmm. You know, I I could never, ever do that. If I was 
forced to do that, I honestly probably would have killed myself because it's not who I am. I had to think with all of the risks that come with hormones, am I ready for it? Am I really prepared for it? Do I know what I'm getting into and do I want it? And I thought about that for like months and months. I knew that I was ready. And so when you have someone who is ready and they are ready to get their letter and then they have to wait for like so long to get their hormones, it kind of sucks. I can understand why they do it. It's not just a snap decision that someone makes. They make sure that you don't have any other mental illnesses that are making it so that you, you know, you're not actually trans and this is just like a, a personality disorder or something like that. And then you get this letter and then you have to wait for if your letter is approved. And if it is, then you still get put on a waiting list. I get the wait waiting list. And when you said that, when you thought, if I had to live the rest of my life out this way, you would kill yourself. Can you elaborate on how you felt? What does it feel like when you know you're, you're not in the right body, I guess? It just feels like you're lying to yourself and that you're lying to everyone else. It feels like you're just trapped. It feels like you're just losing hope. That's what it felt like for me to be living. Think about having to live as a female. So then after I got the hormone blockers, which was really a pain in the ass to actually get because I I had to uh, go through at like a specialty pharmacy to actually get it. They were like, okay, yeah, we'll, like, send it to your doctor's office. Like, and they never, ever did. And every single time we would call them, they would be like, well, I can't do anything because, like, the manager isn't here. And I'm like, you have to, like, there is, I've called you every single day. There's obviously a manager around at some point. So we just ended up calling the actual doctor's office and saying, like, hey, can you get this done And it probably took, like, over a month to actually get that done, so it was quite a long time. Luckily, testosterone isn't the same way, but that was, like, a bad experience, and I have to get another one of those shots very soon. I wonder if that's just regular incompetence you're butting up against, or if they actually don't agree, so therefore they're putting roadblocks in your way. Yeah. I've dealt with doctors and pharmacies and stuff enough that I'm like, that's just the way they work. They're just, (laughs) it's never good. I wouldn't take it personally or maliciously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was malicious. It was just that, like, I was so excited for the hormone blockers. And then, like, every single time I called, they were like, we don't have a manager here. I was like, I'm, I'm sure that you have a manager there somewhere. I just, I, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for so long. But, yeah, I finally went in and got that done. And my mom was there and she was filming me the entire time. That was, like, a very weird moment for my mom because... I am terrified of needles. There are people who have just a fear of needles where they're like, oh, I, I, I don't want it to touch me. But like when I was a child, I had to get a shot and I screamed so hard that all of the blood vessels in my face popped. But this time, not so much, huh? Yeah, this time I was just sitting there like smiling and I was like, okay, I'm ready for it. And like the nurse that was there was like, I've never seen anyone this excited about a shot before. Well, it makes sense. I mean, this is your whole goal, right? I'm, I'm scared to death of needles too. And I I probably would have screamed regardless. So, <laughs> Well, I guess what would you want people to know about you? Or what would you want people to know about transgender and how to treat somebody obviously don't 
call out, oh, that person's trans, you know, in, in a public area. Yeah. That's that's a no brainer. But what are some of the other things that you, you'd want people to know? I think that people think that you have to treat trans people differently than you would treat a normal person. If someone says, you know, that they're trans, don't say like, and it's fine if you say this, but like, I've heard this so much. And, and I don't want to seem rude by saying this. Because, like, I have nothing against people saying this, and I'm not saying that transgender people aren't brave, but, like, every time where, like, it's in a situation where I'm talking about how I'm trans, they always say, you know, you're so brave. Not brave just because I'm a trans person. Like, yes, it, it's it's brave to go through the transition, but not that it's a bad thing to say, but when it's the only thing someone is saying to me, I want people to, like, ask me questions, like, not, like, invasive questions, like, did you have the surgery yet? Or how do you go to the bathroom, whatever yeah. stupid things they come up with. But like, if you want to ask questions about like how, like how to treat a trans person, how to accept your transgender child, that's great. But if people just want to talk to me just to say, you're so brave, I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> but like, I wasn't even talking about my transition. I was, and it's in situations where I'm just talking about something that is not related to my transition at all well and then i get messages like you're so brave and i'm like okay okay it, <laughs> thank it's, you yeah. it's a compliment and you take it yeah. but i won't say i know exactly how you feel but i, I was in the military and I, that was in another lifetime I'm, i've been out for well over a decade almost 15 years and when i was in the military i didn't ever go overseas i never saw combat nothing I was stationed in Lawrence, Kansas in a supply depot. I remember I was on a bus for like a corporate event and we were going to a military base and the CEO of the company says, are there any service members or any, any prior service members on the bus? And I raised my hand. I'm like, oh, here. And the whole bus was like, you're so brave and gave me the standing ovation. <laughs> oh my God, no. I didn't fight for your freedoms. I, I did inventory. <laughs> like, it's just, it was embarrassing to me almost. I was, you know, it's like, yeah, I joined. Yeah, I would die for my country. But I that never even came close to happening. And I just felt like I don't deserve to be told I'm brave. Like one of the things with um, people saying you're so brave is that it's in, a, in the trans group that I'm in uh, through GPS or gender pathway services. Um, no one will say you're so brave. Like there are cisgender people in the room as well as transgender people. And everyone is, you know, people talk about their story and, and no one says you're so brave. We all have a discussion and we all like say something genuine. Not not that people saying you're so brave isn't genuine, but like when we hear it so much, it almost seems like it's just a thing where people are just trying to like walk on eggshells and be respectful around us. Like I have no problem if people want to say something or want to critique me about something that I said or if they want to compliment me. But like, if I'm hearing you're so brave every single time I say anything about something trans related, I want to hear like, oh, that's, you know, a great point. And I think that also blah, 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 instead of just you're so brave. It's fine that people say that, but like the amount that it has been said to me is like absolutely crazy. If it wasn't such a gigantic number of people, I wouldn't have no problem. And I don't really have a problem with it. It's just so... It's cliche now to you. Uh, when I had to break away earlier, my, my wife asked me, she's like, oh, you're, you're, are you talking to him? I'm like, yeah. I was like, he's a cool dude and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, are you calling him dude? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> like, Why wouldn't I just 
treat him like anyone else. Like, why would I behave in a different way? Sure, he appreciates it. I, I, but then I'm like, well, th- th- am I doing something wrong? But I never, <laughs> I never thought twice about it. You know, people. And it's good that people are like thinking about respecting if we're sensitive to being called something. Someone called me just being weird slay queen. And it was just like in a funny situation. And someone else, and this was in a group chat, and someone else literally typed out the words, you can't say that to a tran. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's good that they're standing up for you. But yeah. it's, it's one of those things where I think the intention, it means everything. And if their intention is to be funny, then it's not you're not going to take it as an insult. When people say, like, you can't say that to a trans, like, I'm not going to be mad about it. I just think that the way people word it is just kind of amusing. That's great that you're standing up for trans people. If people say that, I've just heard it a lot. And so now, like, the situation becomes funny to me. It's hard, especially for people that are not in the know, like myself. We don't know what is an appropriate word. I always thought transvestite or trainee was normal words because, well, I only heard people in that group use the words. I never heard a straight man use it in a derogatory way. Like you damn trainees that never happened. So I was like, well, wait, now that's not an okay word. Okay, fine. I won't use it anymore. There's a lot of different terms in today's society that are, you know, are, are frowned upon. Like recently found out that prostitute it's looked down upon when you use, yeah. you know, the new word is sex worker now. So I've changed my vocabulary. It's not a big deal to me. I don't care. And I don't want to offend people. So I just stop using whatever word that offended them. But you can't say that to a trans is sort of humorous in itself. Because again, it's that you don't want people to walk on eggshells around you. You don't want them to be mean to you either. If people are worried that they're being rude to me, then they're definitely not being rude to me. If they're full on coming up to me and saying like, hey, faggot or something, then I'm going to I'm going to get mad. If you come up to me and you say, hey, dude, or some typically gendered term like that, don't worry about it. Half the time I, I say, okay, man, to anyone, no matter who they are. <laughs> That's yeah. just my, my way of saying, okay, but I just put the word man on the end. I'm just like, okay, man, let's do this. The trans group that I go to, I currently only go to one transgender group, which is the one through the hospital. We have a meeting once a month. I've met some really cool people there. I think it's very interesting to see other people's transition and uh, just see all of the the different individuals that you'll meet and the different families that you'll meet because this group is for the whole family. Basically, they have the parents and the siblings in one room and then they have you know, the trans kids in another room. Everyone just talks about what's been going on and we all have a discussion about things. Last time we had a discussion about quotes from people about being trans and then we had to decide whether we agreed or disagreed. We all had like a really good discussion about whether it's okay to ask someone if they're a boy or a girl, just how we react when someone who is cisgender, you know, misgenders us or something, or like how to deal with all of the stuff that we all usually will have to deal with at some point. And it's very interesting. There's a, a quite a big age difference in there because there is four to 18-year-olds. Last time there was one kid who was four years old and his name was B and he was a, a trans kid. The entire time he's like walking around putting stickers on things. But his family was like really great. And his sister was in there, and she was talking about things. She's not trans. 
she was just in there because there was only one sibling there, so they just decided to put her in with the rest of the trans kids. And it was just really interesting to see that, you know, parents are seeing that their kid is, you know, acting a little different and asking them and talking to them. And you think, you know, a four-year-old can't really understand that. But if you ask a four-year-old whether they're a boy or a girl, they, by age four, they're going to start having some understanding of gender. Like, at that point, you kind of see them going from wanting to play with the typical toys in the boys' section or the typical toys in the girls' section, and you ask them who they are, whatever answer they give you, you know, you're going to go along with it. Which some people think is kind of like, like a bad thing to do because they're four years old, which I can understand that. Also, they're not going to be putting this kid on puberty blockers or any kind of hormones for a really long time. And so as long as this kid is happy, what's the problem with that? There's a lot of people who say, you know, you should just let your kids have a childhood and that's what they're doing. He obviously is identifying as a boy and if he changes his mind later, that's great. But if he doesn't, then he's got this group. And I think that if my parents had known more and I think, you know, would I... You know, what my parents have noticed and like I kind of just have this moment where I just think, you know, I really wish I was able to do that because I wouldn't have had to go through a female puberty and I wouldn't have had to go through all of the stuff that I did. But at the same time, I wouldn't have the same experiences that I've had and I wouldn't have all of the knowledge that I've gained. It's a lot when you're transitioning and I've had so many experiences that I've learned so much from and I, I don't want to give that away. I think it's weird because, you know, you think that if a trans person would have a, like a button where they could just push it and then they would be born as the sex that they would want to be. But for me, I would have a hard time with it because I don't think that I would be the same person who I am if I had just been born as a cis male. But, like, being trans has been, like, a really important experience for me. I'm glad that the younger kids are being recognized more and they can just grow up being cis. Because at that point when you're four years old and you've got the rest of your life ahead of you, you're basically growing up being socialized as the gender you actually are instead of just the gender that you were assigned at birth. Because you're going through the transition process, you're living life and having experiences that you never would. When you're younger, you wouldn't have to like go through the coming out process, getting testosterone shots or getting, you know, estrogen would just seem like normal life for the kid. While with me, it was like everyone was asking, like, so when are you starting testosterone? Or like, what does testosterone do? And I was confused about everything. It's great that these kids don't have to go through this confusion where they're scared and they have a harder time. I think you make a good point. Some people would be shocked to hear that a four-year-old is questioning their identity. They would say, well, that's child abuse. But like you said, they're not going through a, a gender reassignment at four years old. None of this yeah. is happening until much later. They're only going to a support group. It was good to hear you say that because you're like, you're, you're trying to give this child the support they need and they can decide yeah. over time. I've seen so many people that are like, if a kid can decide to change their own gender, then why can't a child consent to being with an adult? Oh, wow. I was like, that is a completely different thing. I always get a little angry because I think, you know, you're old enough to vote, but you're not old enough to drink. You're old enough to join the military, but you're not old enough to 
consider what you consume into your own body, whether it be drugs or alcohol. Age of consent, that's, uh, that's a little different. I, I can't believe they would make that analogy. That's the thing is that some people support pedophiles more than they support trans people, which is ridiculous. I don't know where that comes from. A pedophile is abusing children. You can't say there's anything consensual about a pedophile. If somebody wants to say, well, a pedophile has a mental illness, so we have to sympathize with that. That's about all I'll give it is, yeah, there's something wrong with their wiring to make them behave this way. There's still a danger to society. Whereas a transgender person, you're not affecting me or my life or my children in any way, shape or form whatsoever. I'm just trying to be who I am. I am a minor still, and I, I, I'm going through a like a medical transition. It's not like it was just a snap decision that I made. It's not like I'm doing it to be cool because there's been so many struggles with it. I am just trying to be comfortable in my own body, and it has nothing to do with anyone else. Exactly. It's like if somebody wants to use drugs, as long as they're not committing crimes or putting anyone in harm's way, why does anyone care? What you do, who you have in your bedroom or whatever, it doesn't affect me in the slightest. I don't understand why people get up in arms about it. And I've already given my opinion on the whole bathroom situation. I think all bathrooms should just be private, not even public, really. I don't get the hostility about it. I don't see what the problem is. So I, I have a hard time understanding when somebody is against something. I don't know if I would agree with giving a, a child hormone blockers when they're four years old. I think that the child needs time to figure it out. And hormone blockers at that point wouldn't even do anything. I think that hopefully will give some people that disagree with allowing a child to transition. Maybe that'll give them some relief knowing that we're not forcing children to transition. That's never the case. Nobody would say, oh, I, I wish my, my son was a daughter. That's just not a thing. It's really expensive and it's difficult. It's not a fun thing to do. <laughs> I, you know, this is so stupid, but I just typed in transgender into YouTube. And one of the first videos that came up was a lady who said, I hate being transgender. She would be one of those people that if she could have pushed that button to be born a woman, she would have. It's not an easy choice to make. It's not an easy path. Yeah. No one wants to have a harder life than what they could have had. There's also another thing that I've heard, which is like trans people are struggling all the time, which is not true. Someone was like, these poor individuals, they struggle every day with who they are and it's just a horrible thing. It's hard for everyone in some way. At the same time, there are good experiences that come out of it. I wouldn't have met some of the people that I have. I wouldn't have had the experiences that I have had that have been great. I wouldn't have all of the knowledge that I have. I'm not struggling all the time. It's hard to be going through the medical transition sometimes. There are awesome things that come out of it, like the fact that I have a mustache and the fact that my voice is getting deeper. It's not all struggling because there are good things that come out of it and there are bad things that come out of it. It's just life. You were struggling before you started transitioning. Now it's a light at the end of the tunnel for you. Sure, it's a struggle to get there, but you're happy. Why dampen your happiness with, oh, you're struggling every day? Basically, the only thing that I would want people to take away from this is just to know that it's not a choice to be trans. It's not like some mental illness where I need to be fixed and I need to be transformed back into a girl or like pray the trans away or something. I am a normal person just like anyone else. I don't 
expect to be treated any differently. If someone in your life is trans, they're not different because they came out as trans and they deserve the same love and respect as you had for them before they came out. That's something that I need to kind of learn is everybody's different and it doesn't matter what they identify as or anything. I mean, anyone can be a jerk. Just the understanding on both sides of the fence and there shouldn't even be a fence. All right. Well, thank you so much, Blue, for talking to me. It was nice to hear from you. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, Blue, for sharing your story. I'm going to give a quick update about Patreon. Some of you noticed that I shut it down temporarily. I was unable to put out episodes on a regular schedule. I didn't feel I was fulfilling my end of the bargain with putting out content consistently while being crowdfunded. So since I put the Patreon on hold, I've received numerous messages telling me we support you no matter what, and I've received multiple new patrons supporting the podcast. So you guys are saying shut up and take my money, and just to turn the Patreon back on. The 1st of July, I will reactivate the Patreon. By that point, I should have multiple episodes edited and ready to go for a more consistent release schedule. I uh, have the help of my niece who's editing some of the interviews for me so I can get back on track. One of my patrons had requested strange medical issues. I have done one interview so far. I have another interview that I'm scheduling this week. So that one should come out maybe in July. Thank you for all the love and support on Patreon. It was unexpected. I do have a few outtakes and episodes that I might release strictly to Patreon supporters because they didn't quite have enough content or make the cut or it was secondary conversations from interviews I did that weren't really on topic. So I'll be releasing some of that content to Patreon soon. Thank you again for supporting the show. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.